LMT is a lens by which you assess all economic understanding. The street is full of corruption. It is baked in to every aspect of our society. 1900s, Lenin was predicting global finance capital would do all the things it's doing today. This is written over 100 years ago. Well, good morning to some and good afternoon to others. This is Steve. I am the Rogue Scholar. And today we're going to talk about resistance and we're going to talk about what that looks like. Um, you know, obviously, you know, the, the title of the show is uh, Oppose, Resist and Defy. Uh, but what we're going to talk about is a little bit more than that, because, you know, I, I come out and I oftentimes say buzzwords like, We've got to organize, we've got to mobilize, we've got to resist, et cetera. And, you know, people rightfully started saying, well, what does that mean to you, Steve? And, you know, I've talked about it a few times in different ways, but I think one of the important things to remember is, is that the United States in particular, now this could be true around the world. I'm not a citizen of everywhere, although I, I believe I'm uh, my kindred, my heart says I'm with everyone, but I'm not. I'm ruled legally and geographically by the conditions of the United States. And so my perspectives tend to be from that of the United States. And, you know, obviously the Democratic Party is put out there as the left party, even though we know it's not left, even though we fundamentally know it doesn't serve any kind of leftist positions. Okay. And, and when we talk about the left, we're frequently talking about what would be seen as socialism or democratic socialism or a spectrum of socialism, something other than this capitalist class that we, you know, are stuck with, right? Where we have a very few people who have goals and aspirations of being oligarchs themselves and making the most money they can, um, who have control over pretty much all the resources. They control the courts. They control uh, our congressmen, women, they control the laws, they run the think tanks, they appoint people for the board of governors for the Federal Reserve. They, you know, it's, it's a very tight-knit circle of these very, very well-to-do people. And they're not terribly interested in what we have to say. Okay, They're not terribly interested in serving our needs. In fact, I would go so far as to say to serve our needs would violate their needs. Because when you're in a position where you're you, you've got everything. The only thing you don't have is slaves or the ability to uh, enforce your will on people. Okay. And so within that space, you've got to have some sort of way of fighting back. You got to have some sort of way of pushing that back. And, you know, unfortunately the average person will tell you, let's just vote Democrat or let's just simply go the party line. Let, want to establish a couple things real quick. Oh, that's fantastic. Really, really fantastic. I, I hope that happens more often. I love that guy. Really amazing. Ben Norton, hero of, of mine in terms of geopolitics. Really, really smart. Thank you for letting me know that. Um, but if you understand that the Democratic Party is part of the system. It's not, when I say that, I, I want to be clear, this is not like a punch on Democrats any more than it is a punch on Republicans. It's really a reflection of the system. And the system is meant to reinforce itself. It's meant to protect those who are of influence and have possessions, who have private property, who are the ownership class of this country. And it's gone back, I mean, since the dawn of the country, 
This has been the way it is. And Howard Zinn's book, The History of the United States, People's History of the United States, it's laid out incredibly clear. It's very easy to see. So if you've not read The People's History of the United States by Howard Zinn, strongly suggest, number one, after this live stream, not before, but after, after this live stream, go to the Howard Zinn Project, sign up for updates so you get email blasts from the Howard Zinn. Uh, you know, they send out great historical um this day in history and all kinds of other really powerful things to help un or decolonize your mind to to unwarp it to to really give you a proper sense of wokeness right the real woke okay definitely sign up for Howard's in but you understand that institutions have been set up in the United States to do two things one to give the veneer of supporting the people to make it seem like it's there to be the bastion uh, the bulwark protecting freedom to protect individual liberties that's one side the other side of it the dark side the side we don't talk about is to intentionally protect capital to, to protect capital right thank you so much nice super chat need it and um i i say to myself when you're against incredible odds how do you do anything right i, I mean i envision a volcano going off and some chucklehead super excited and exuberant charges into the lava because they don't have to plan. They don't have to think it through. They don't have to consider what tool do I need for this problem? What tool do I need for this problem? Thank you so much. Double K for the super chat. Another super chat. Really appreciate it. Thank you so much. But if you think about what I'm saying, you don't just run into lava to stop the lava, right? You're going to incinerate yourself within seconds. It's going to be ugly. It'll be gross. You'll, you'll be just like a big old mess of gelatinous fluid worked up by lava, right? So you don't do that. Stupid. What, what do you do, right? It's like, oh my God, we got to avoid the lava coming down from the, from the volcano. We've got to do something. Group of people. Hey, we've got to stop these asteroids from hitting the earth because if one of these big ones comes and hits the earth, what are we going to do? Oh my God, it'll be the end of civilization, right? Well, what are we going to do as a bunch of scattered individuals doing our own thing, getting excited, running here, running there, following this group, following that group? Nothing comes from it. And we're not planning. It's just we've collected. We're, we're like, we're like sand on a beach, right? We're all dense. We're all collected, but we got no purpose. We're just there on the beach. We're just there. Nothing really coming from it. And so when I talk about ref refuse, resist, refuse, resist, right? Sepultura, right? Um, when I talk about that kind of stuff and I talk about organizing and mobilizing, I am not talking about phone banking for your local candidate. OK, I'm not talking about, you know, going out and door knocking for random Joe candidate. A. am talking about we the people developing networks like we already have networks of sorts. We just don't use them properly. OK, we don't plan beyond five seconds in front of our face. We don't have an analysis. We don't actually have the kind of connected tissue to survive the ebbs and flows of the election cycle. Think about it. Right. When Obama ran for office, all that hope and change bullshit he pumped, right? All that neoliberal hope and change. What did he do? He had the most incredible 
on the ground, snowflake style. I think it's what they called it. I think the book talks about snowflake organizing or something like that, where pop up, we just pop up, we just mobilize, mobilize, mobilize. But then when the election was over, it was over. It, it dissolved. Bernie Sanders had it a little differently, right? Bernie Sanders kept his kind of movement moving, kept it going. And it didn't matter about the ebbs and flows of the election cycle as much. It still was tied to the very corrupt and not people-friendly Democratic Party, okay? And so while you had a little bit more stability in terms of progressives being able to stay organized beyond the electoral cycle, it really falls apart. And you've got to hope everybody gets energy again. You've got to hope they aren't burnt out. You've got to hope that they want to do it. It's like the extreme intensity of an election cycle followed by, okay, I need a break. And then they check out for five, six months, years. And then the next election comes and they're like, hey, let's go phone banking. Let's phone bank. Okay, we've got to get rid of this mindset. This mindset is very transactional, very sporadic and broken. We never build anything that lasts. Okay. So I oftentimes talk about building parallel systems and institutions. So let's look. We have media as an institution of the establishment. What does media do? Media pumps out a narrative. Okay. Man, we got a great Sepultura chat going on. I love it. Fantastic. That's the way it should be. Good music right there. Anyway, but we look at these institutions that they have from uh, think tanks that help fund and fuel policy for the elite. They're not working for us. The people that write those laws are not even the people we elected. They're think tanks that hand the laws to these politicians and then payola and handshake agreements and everything else. And all of a sudden that is what happens. That's what your agenda is, whether it be the petroleum industry doing it, whether it be, you know, any number of uh, special interest groups that write these laws and stuff and hand them over. So we don't have anything like that for the left. We really don't. We don't have anything that's not party-specific, party-co-opted, party-agnostic, um, just we the people, class solidarity, 99%, you know, uh, intersectionality baked in. We don't have a think tank that really is there, seen as part of the bulwark against the establishment run over our lives. So when I talk about building parallel institutions, I'm talking about building deep knowledge base, deep think tanks for our stuff as well. Okay. We get a lot of people that are uninformed, but they got an idea. And because we tend to take off with half-baked ideas, there's no vetting process. There's nothing because it's immediate. Man, we got to strike while the iron's hot. These freaking activists are going to be activists. Activists have a shelf life of a blue flame. They get excited for five seconds and then they're done. Excited for five seconds and then they're done. There's no way of keeping them tethered so that we can do something collectively. It's like big flashes in the pan. And so being able to somehow or another maintain that building, that organizing, that each one teach one, to teach each other so we have a political framework from which to actually address these problems. 
Okay. Yes, there are places like DSA. Yes, there are places like Extinction Rebellion. Yes, there are places like PSL. Yes, there are places around all kinds of different Communist Party of America, Socialist Party of America, you know, on and on and on. There's a lot of groups out there that trend in this way. But they're not all linked together and they're not all fighting for the same purpose. And they're not there doing the job of being a watchdog on these establishment groups and collectively sharing that information. Code pink should be part of this kind of thing. Anti-war, you can't be a socialist and be an imperialist. So we should have anti-war think tanks that talk to us about, but that are aware that take the economics of it all and understand why these things are happening so we can address the why. So we have a counter proposal, not just an angry thing, but a counter proposal. And while we're building energy, we're building an understanding of the world that we want, regardless of what these parties say, we build that kind of parallel infrastructure using academics that are Marxists, using academics who are MMTers, using these folks that can actually help us create the new tomorrow and have that in parallel. Okay, that is one aspect of what I talk about when I say building parallel institutions. Because if we keep relying on the media that we have, we're going to keep getting fed the lies of the establishment for why we're going to war, for why we're doing this, for why we're cutting uh, spending and why we're raising taxes or why we're raising interest rates. We need to have a parallel institution that's for the people that is not co-opted by the political parties that can speak truth to power without fear of any kind of being kicked out of the club because we are the club, right? The club is us. And if you want our support, you must meet this like a vanguard party of sorts, like prior to the Bolshevik revolution, that vanguard party, right? Because the material conditions need to be right for quote unquote revolution. And when I say revolution, I'm not talking about marching down the street with guns and stuff. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about a nonviolent real approach to creating the mental space in this country for a revolution, if you will a political revolution for a political revolution, right? The political revolution that didn't happen under Bernie Sanders, but started under Bernie Sanders, the flame that he flipped up. Doesn't matter what he did. He's not the issue. It's we, right? It really was not me, us, but we're stretched across. We're splintered. We're shattered and we're shattered because we know the democratic party fucking sucks. It does not do any of the things we say we want at all. Folks, zero. It does zero of them. And everybody wants us to organize within the Democratic Party. The problem is you can be a Democrat and organize outside the parties because many Democrats are disgusted with their own party too. There are not all bad people out there that just simply go along because it's vote blue no matter who. There are good, decent people that don't want to do that, that will resist. They are not losers. They're good people that will resist voting for neoliberals. Good people, good quality people that are willing to take a chance, that aren't just trash, but they have no, in their mind, they have nowhere else to go. You got to give them an alternative. And what I mean by an alternative is this, to to try to create a third party, a political party, right? It requires so much more than just saying, hey, we're a political party. It requires a lot because you've got to legislate, right? 
Right now, the left does not have the think tanks to build leftist policy space. We're not tied in and looped in to create. We couldn't govern. We could get a lefty into politics for five minutes and they would have no support. They would have no infrastructure. They would have no one writing their bills. They'd be this one soloist there having to tag along with the other neoliberals. They wouldn't be able to offer up legislation in the way that we're talking about. So you've got to have that institution off to the side. What would stop that? We're a nonprofit. I'm not saying we're the answer. I'm saying we're a nonprofit. We could do that. See, Real Progressives is based on four, four pillars. Policy, a.k.a. a think tank, 501c3 think tank. Education, 501c3 education. Then we've got activism, 501c4 politically facing and then media which is 501c3 because we just cover whatever's there to cover so within that space we're trying to build parallel institutions through the framework of real progressives and real progress in action we're trying very very difficult to make people realize that if you just keep folding into the democratic party unless you're in charge and you can set the rules the rules are being set for you the parameters of what's acceptable is being set for you. You don't have the say in that space. You've just got to kind of ride along to go along, okay? But if you're outside of that, you can influence that with a show of power. Where does that come in? That comes in with the resist, right? So when you hear people talking about various politicians, people ask me, well, what are you going to do? What do you want, Trump? I mean, there's no lower life form, no lower life form than the vote blue sycophant who doesn't understand that just because you're not interested in their neoliberal candidate, you're also not interested in Donald Trump either. It's, it's like a waste of a sperm and an egg. You know what I mean? These are the moments where you could see easily that the parents could have made a different decision, not fully consummated the marriage, so to speak, and just not had a kid. Because if they didn't have the kid, you wouldn't have the idiot that say, what do you want, Trump? Right. But they did. They fucked up. They went ahead and finished it off. And out came a baby that just says, what do you want, Trump? Right. So this is where we're at. And we've got a lot of them. A lot of these people exist, sadly. They really do. They're, they're awful. <laughs> they're disgraceful. They, they don't have the mind to think through a lot of stuff. But that's what we're up against. So without having some meaningful alternative where you say, here, let's paint by numbers. Let's trace the trace the lines in the little Sunday funnies. So I could show you how to get there, right? You've got to have something there for them to show them. This is it. This is it right here. We're building an institution to come up with the think tank stuff that we need to create policy. We're building an institution that allows us to be able to organize regular people outside of the taint of the party. Okay? And you can be a party, but the point is, is that you're making demands. See, only good people, and I see good and bad because I mean it. I mean it. Good and bad. If you're one of those people that just doesn't fight back against your party, thank you so much, Double K, for the super chat. If you don't push back against your party, your party is going to do whatever it's going to do. And then your job will turn into being the whip. You'll be the whip that tells everyone else, what do you want, Trump? You got to vote blue no matter who. doesn't matter whether you had any input on that platform at all. doesn't matter whether that platform represents you at all. Okay? 
you'll be expected to support it no matter what, because the alternative, of course, is, you know, the second coming of Mussolini, or maybe it's, you know, Hitler's been born with blonde hair instead of black hair, and he's got a full mustache now instead of his little whatever. I don't know. Whatever weird shit that comes up, that's the deal, right? So we need to be able to have a landing spot where we can train people and teach people, okay? Teach people class struggle. Teach people how to unionize their workplace. Teach people how to uh, collaborate and, and build policy, right policy to consider, to work in think tank areas, but not for the rich, not for capital, but for we the people. And instead of just throwing anger at the picture, throwing the opposite, the solution, throwing real solutions, vetted, thought through solutions, not like running into the lava, I'm going to beat the lava, right? You want to be able to actually think about it. So maybe we divert the lava. We divert the lava into the ocean so that it doesn't take over the uh, the city. How do we do that? Oh, I don't know. Maybe we put boulders. Uh, maybe we have helicopters drop boulders that guide the flow of the lava. I don't know. Maybe we break out a ditch witch or we break out some excavator and create a thing to create a channel that pushes it the way we want. I don't know. Whatever. My point is you got to think through the problems. Just being angry and running face first into the wall didn't change anything, okay? And believe me, <laughs> I'm not a half measures kind of guy. I'm a, I'm a full meal. I want the full five course meal, okay? So I'm not half, you know, short sheet in the bed. I'm not halfway in it. I'm telling you, we've got to build these things, okay? So you build this part of it and you get people to be willing to resist by saying, I'm not going to support your candidate. I'm not going to go out there and campaign for them. I'm not going to go out there and sing their praises. I'm going to remain remarkably silent about them. In fact, I'm going to talk about them as they are. I'm going to talk about their neoliberal positions. I'm going to talk about the bad things. And if somebody goes, well, but the other guy is so bad, I'm going to ignore that person because that person has no standing with me. Because I know the other guy's bad. I don't require a lesson to know the Republicans are bad. If you're one of those people that does, that's a really pathetic place to be in life. If you don't already know these things, that's pathetic, right? Seriously, a little bit pathetic? A little bit muy poquito? A little pathetic? I think so. So when you consider that we don't do that, it's either all, it's almost like a anti-establishment trolling versus being effective and coming up with solutions or it's just okay we'll roll into the fold i'm suggesting a third way and that is to come up with actual strategies work collaboratively together and help get this through the network through media alternative media and through other fashions other things okay all these different connected tissues between each other to build that kind of network the network quite frankly that you know, Lenin talked about prior to the Bolshevik revolution, okay? Talked about media and discipline of the media, understanding that without a true, honest socialist message, that people were too undisciplined to understand class solidarity. We need to have a media that understands these things. We need to have a media that brings about the true struggle of gentrification. We need to have a media that talks about the real struggle of labor. And the real struggle that we are being oppressed by capital and the real trouble of imperialism and how 
the global north with all of its might and its 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 great monetary systems being able to use that to great precision to turn the global south into an open air plantation for the north we need to be able to have an answer for that stuff we need to be able to say it eloquently and we need to be able to have many people say it and know it and understand it because as of right now, when you hear that stuff, this is the reason why this anti-woke culture exists. Back in the day, woke meant something totally different than what we're perverting it today. You know, CRT, for example, is not something taught to elementary school kids. It's not even taught to PhDs. It's taught in law school, folks. It's taught in law school so they understand the comings and goings of white power and how a white denominate or white uh, power kind of culture has permeated the United States from its founding as far as a colonial power that is folks trust me I'm, I'm I'm there but you've got to be able to teach people these things and you need to be able to teach the full working class not just special elements of the working class the entire 99 percent needs to be able to hear these things without thinking they're part of the Democratic Party See, the Democratic Party has got cooties all over it. Nobody wants it. They don't even want it. And the people are stuck because where else are you going to go? What else are you going to do? We need to be able to provide them that. And when it comes to direct action and becoming ungovernable, people say, well, what about it? Well, you need to be able to create local chapters, local cells, local uh, activist groups, local uh, organizations that allow people to get out and about and join forces with one another and not just, oh, I don't like him. He's a mean guy. I, I used to be in his organization. I can't work with them. <laughs> right? All that fucking pathetic stuff that human nature brings about, right? We need to be able to have something where it's consistent. And so by allowing people to learn the art of nonviolent resistance, nonviolent direct action, and all that goes with that, we can set up real meaningful strikes, not just general strikes. General strike is like a buzzword, right? But in talking to guys like Joe Burns, who wrote Class Struggle Unionism, we talked about targeted strikes, right? We talked about being unwilling to go along to get along, to becoming militant, a militant union person, become militant-minded as far as a voter goes, too. As part of this, targeting and planning and thinking through direct actions, right? What if, hypothetically, the railway workers went on strike like they almost did? What if the longshoremen went on strike? All of a sudden, shipping isn't delivering in the supply chain. Neither is um, the trains, et cetera. And think about this. At the Battle of Bastogne, right, what did they do? They looked to, to cut off the military from its supply chain. That was the first thing that they did was look to target, to cut off the supply chain. What does that do in the middle of the winter? Number one, it starves the troops out. Number two, it prevents them from rearming themselves with more ammunition. Number three, it prevents them from bringing reserves up to the army to spell the old ones that are really haggard and exhausted and tired. So with that in mind, it literally brings the war to an end. It cripples the, the operation. If we as activists learn how to do things in an effective way, 
And you're not going to find that out in the Democratic Party because the Democratic Party doesn't want you to bring it to a halt. They are the power that they want. So in order to have those sorts of things, you're not going to get it in the Democratic Party, folks. In case you were wondering, you've got to do it outside the party. You've got to link up with these unions. You've got to link up with these other organizations. And you've got to create that common struggle. You've got to create that common purpose. I oftentimes think about what's the difference between activists and people in recovery. And I talk about this all the time. And anybody will listen to me, I will tell it to you in spades. When you walk into a room for recovery, drug addiction, alcohol addiction, whatever, everybody in there, whether it's the richest person, whether it's the poorest person, whether the gay, straight, trans, black, white, whatever, doesn't matter. Old, young, male, female, does not matter. Gender fluid does not matter. Everyone is there for the purpose of getting sober. So every single person in there has humbled themselves and works together. And everyone's salvation matters. Everyone's recovery matters. Everyone is striving to help one another. To me, that is the key to take forward as an activist organization to build and replicate the good news from that kind of world. Okay? So much of our faulty thinking comes from a lack of understanding economics. And from a fundamental lack of being aware of the tools that the oppressors use to keep us in chains. This is why I am such an advocate for modern monetary theory. Once people understand that almost 95% of the battles between Republican and Democrat are fake, they're not even real battles. They're intentionally bullshit battles like the debt ceiling. They know this is bullshit and they use it because it's a political tool. They use it as a way of stopping progress to divert your eyes to some non-existent debt and make people that are ignorant as fuck about what the national debt of a sovereign currency issuing nation is. Okay. And so these fools were in a room. What happens when they call on the debt? We're all going to die. Oh no. Right. But what if we were able to weaponize an entire movement to understand what they did last summer kind of thing? What if we weaponized an entire movement of people to say, I know what you're doing. I know it's not the private Federal Reserve. Can you imagine what kind of an idiot would see the United States as this world power while simultaneously kowtowing to some little skinny, bony-fingered caricature, anti-Semitic caricature of a Rothschild? It's ridiculous. At the end of the day, at the end of the day, right, we have got to understand that Congress, whether it's corrupt or not, has control of the Federal Reserve. It may choose not to exercise that control, but it has that control, okay? It it's like you can control your child's behavior up to a certain point, but after that, they're, they're, they're individuals, they do their own thing. However, within the framework of the control system that you have, there are certain things you can do to mitigate their behavior. Well, that's the same thing with the Federal Reserve. It's the same thing with all lifetime careerists in the government that have more control over your day-to-day -day life than elected officials do, by the way. Okay. So we've got to be able to teach people these things in empirical nature, though, not just conjectures and ideas off the top of your head, tales from the bar stool or tales from the fire pit. I have no respect for anybody that listens to tales from the bar stool. 
I have no respect for that at all. Zero. Because the problem is, is that those lies, the Alex Jones style lies that become the thing are so distracting and so overwhelmingly cultish that there's no fixing it because you're always chasing one boogeyman. You're always running around looking for Lucifer hidden under the sheets, some rich Jewish guy over here, some other rich person over there. It's always some boogeyman. And there's always some racial shithead component to it too. Okay. That plays on stereotypes in our brains. We've got to be able to build outside of that construct and teach them how money works. Okay. Cause see money from an MMT perspective, currency, et cetera, the way a fiat currency works, whether or not the United States is here, suddenly tomorrow we have a totally new country. It's split up, split up in five. I don't care. It doesn't matter. Money works the same way. Okay. Money works the same way. And here's the thing. There was somebody out there talking the other day about how, um, hey, why do we need money? Why couldn't we just use coupons to recognize transactions and stuff like that? And it's like, hello, hello, little hobbits, hello. That coupon is all a dollar is anyway. The difference is instead of Sabaro's Pizza issuing your, your coupon, it's the United States government creating a coupon. Okay. So with all that, with all that, we have got to build this education system parallel education system for activists, activist boot camp, activists understanding what in the world we need to know to be able to fight back effectively. So we've got the policy think tank that I talked about. There's a parallel institution. And now we've got the education. We've got to teach people about what it is we're up against, the Leviathan that we're fighting against. We need to understand that. So we can not only just right-size what we think we can and can't do, but we can make the right decisions for what kinds of things we're building off in parallel to combat it. You can't combat a system that you're just like, it's the system. Like, system. Okay. So it's quite clear that the system isn't being talked by a systems analyst or somebody that understands system thinking. It's the system. Is as is, is useless and nebulous and impossible to harness as anything. It's ethereal. It's, it's, like a, it's like hunting snipe in the woods, right? There is no such thing as a fucking snipe, but damn it, the system, right? So we've got to be able to build knowledge of what the system is how the system is being used and how to combat each of those things. Okay. This is a tall order. I ain't lying, but this is what it's about for me. Okay. And then we need to be able to do activism according to that. Now I've been in a union. I've been on strike. I've seen the tactics that are used. Okay. And one of the challenging things is, is that you've got to understand what are you, what is your goals? What is your mission? What are you trying to solve? You need to know that. There's nothing worse than when someone comes into real progressives organization to volunteer and you've got almost a 10 year history. You've got like the whole thing laid out as to what you stand for. 
And out of nowhere, they're like, hey, we need to build a political party. Who's with me? It's like, every time you just build a political party for the hell of it, instead of building these institutions that lead to the political party, like that's kind of like the cherry on top, right? The political party is not the thing you walk in the door. The political party is the final Final thing, it's the revolutionary vanguard party that takes all the stuff you did parallel. See, this is what the Democrats and Republicans both have. Republicans and libertarians have like the Heritage Foundation stuff. They also have the Pete Peterson Foundation. These things are billionaire funded, man. We're up against huge, 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 huge odds. We've got to be able to fight that. We've got to fight that. Not some random dude on Twitter that said something that got you in your feels and you can sit there and say, you're a terribly unserious person and have the fucking laughing emoji at him. Okay, cool. You know, I got him, man. We're on the playground. I got him. I got a good shot in, man. (laughs) Aren't I funny? We need to be able to really do that, right? And so the other thing is this. When you're doing direct action and you're you're blocking a street, a strategic street, or you're blocking the airport, or you're blocking the port, or you're blocking the trains, you're you're doing something to bring about non-violent civil disobedience. Okay. Perfectly American thing to do, perfectly legal thing to do, right? Now you may get a fine for civil disobedience. But the reality is, is that if you're doing things in the right way, you can both be effective and within the scope of the tradition of American activism. Okay. There is a way here, but you've got to know what you're trying to solve. All right. And you've also got to be aware of if I put my finger in this hole, the water comes out over here. If I turn the hot water on or the cold water or whatever, then I get cold water. People don't think that far through. And so we've got to be able to have activism that makes sense. We've got to have demands that we can pull back to. We've got to be able to target what we do. And that means those very, 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 very wafer light, you know, brains out there that get squirrel, shiny object, right? Oh, headline A. Oh, headline B. Oh, we're doing this. Oh, we're doing that. Oh, I'm going to be a, I'm going to be a this. Oh, I'm going to be a that. And all the millions of ideas that they just bounce around constantly. It's like, dude, holy shit, man. I don't know what you've been hitting up that nose. The last time I tooted, last time I went out there skiing in the summer with Perry White, it didn't fucking fuck me up like what you're doing scatterbrained all over the place, revved up, piss and vinegar, no direction at all, but you're going to lead us, right? Got to have a plan. Got to be able to have an easy way to get people engaged. And you've got to be able to make it stick. And you've got to have teams of people training them up so that they understand what they're doing. Because to build the future, to build tomorrow, we've got to have people that understand that they deserve nice things. We got to have people that realize we deserve freedom, real freedom, freedom of oppression, that we have the right to be healthy, that we have a right to be healthy. We have a right to not be oppressed, okay? That we have a right to the fruit of our labor, that we have a right to, for, you know, to find happiness, real happiness, and meaningfully, an, a right to leisure. 
Harvey Kay and Alan Minsky put together this 21st century rights, and it's a good starting point. It's a good starting point. Is it enough? No, it's nowhere near enough. Keeps the system we don't want in place. It does a lot of things. Just like FDR's failed New Deal. I mean, it was fantastic on many levels, but it was not inclusive. It left black and brown people out in the big way. So we've got to have our direction. We got to know what we're trying to build for tomorrow, what that future system holds, what that future society holds, how we're going to build sustainability into it. We got to have an answer for all this stuff, right? We got to have an answer for all this stuff. So anyway, long story short, people always ask me, what's, what, what do I mean? Right. And this is what I mean. I, I, I mean, you know, I'm going to vote probably. I mean, God knows that most of these candidates are the worst thing ever. And in those cases, I abstain. I'm, I'm not going to just vote for someone to vote for someone. I've abstained many times when the candidates, neither of them represent anything useful. Or they represent something, quite frankly, that would be harmful. So we've, we, we're at a point, though, where the duopoly controls the electoral process. They control who gets in, who gets on the stage, who gets to do anything. So trying to play within that space is a fool's errand. I mean, you can say whatever you want. You're a Trojan horse. You've entered into the Democratic Party, and you're going to take it over from the inside out. And cool story, bro. Oh, cool. I'm sure it'll happen. I'm sure it'll happen. Because there's so many people that are just absolutely unwilling to support the Democratic Party anymore after what they did to Bernie in 2015 and then again in 2019, because they saw that in spades, they, they, they don't trust it anymore, period. So you lose a huge portion of the working class from ever uniting with you and ever working with you if you try to keep it within that party. There is no fixing that, period, none, okay? Democratic Party is not changing no matter what, okay? It's not changing no matter what. It has a purpose, and it ebbs and flows. You have Capitalist Party A with better bedside manners and Capitalist Party B with really, really shitty bedside manners, okay? Are they the same? No, they have different things, socially speaking. But neither of them address the economic reality that you can't have any good thing without economic justice first. And that's why within real progressive seven knowledge areas, we start out with economic justice, environmental, ecological justice, peace with justice, okay, anti-imperialism, peace with justice, equality with justice, democracy, health and well-being, and technology and innovation. Those are the seven categories with four pillars being policy, education, activism, and media. Okay, that's the makeup. So if you think about the four pillars, four pillars, policy, education, activism, media, seven knowledge areas going this way, economic justice, environmental, ecological justice, peace with justice, equality with justice, democracy, health and well-being, and technology and innovation. If you can repeat those five times fast, you get a prize. I don't know what it is, but uh, you've got my eternal <laughs> flaws, right? 
but that's what we're made up of. And that's what we've been made up of. And that's where my thoughts, when I come out here and talk about this stuff, that's where it's coming from. Do I have the horses in the stable to make this happen? No, I do not. I don't have people that show up with their working boots on like that, really not at that level anyway. And I desperately need those people. I want those people. I want to work with those people. Okay. I want to think about, it. I want to brainstorm. I want to put ideas down. I want to design how this works because I can't stand knowing this stuff and not being able to do anything about it. It makes me insane. Ask most of my team how insane it makes me. I need to know that we're making progress. So that's the genesis of this. Uh, that's kind of the genesis of the stream here. We have got to build this stuff ourselves. We are the ones we're waiting for. No one else is going to build it. You have to be part of the process. Sorry. The bad guys, they're paid, man. They got money, tons of money. They're well-trained. They have the best systems, like computer systems, databases, and you know, computer analytics, you name it. They know demographic information, marketing information, statistic information. They have connections throughout. They have access to things we don't, okay? And they have a common understanding, and that is money. We, however, have principle, and that's all we have. We have principle, and we have sweat equity. And so people trying to get rich, be an activist, you're in the wrong business, man. You're in the wrong business. We need people that are in it for the right reasons, for the right cause, that wake up in the morning with their blood boiling, ready to make things happen, but their brains engaged to make it happen in a logical sequence, not just, I'm doing random things and I'm excited and here we go. That doesn't do a damn thing. It bleeds off energy. And while people try to wrap their mind around your whirling dervish stuff, it bleeds off their energy. Instead of focusing on fixing the prize, they're caught up in like the spin cycle of bouncing around. So I'm telling you this stuff because I get tired and I think you all probably, maybe you don't feel this the same way. I'm over the meme world. I mean, I love memes. Memes are great. They're fun. I love TikTok. It's cute. It's fun. But I'm into substance. I'm into put the shovel in the hand and get the fucking work done. That's where I'm at. Because I know that we're not fixing this system complaining about it. The only way we're going to fix this system is to start building. And that's what this whole stream is about. And that's what most of these conversations that I've been having about this subject are about. Okay. It's not like you have to start from scratch. There are institutions out there that can be linked together through in, you know, informal connections that could be formalized. But I would love to have an MMT party. Wouldn't that be great? I would love to have an MMT party. But you know what, though? The problem with an MMT party is MMT is not left-wing only. It's agnostic. So you see Ronald Reagan showed us what MMT looks like when you're a military Keynesian and when you're a neocon and when you're a neoliberal. Bill Clinton showed us what MMT looks like when you're trying to discipline labor. Obama showed us the same thing. W showed what it looks like when we're trying to be the world's police force. And Trump showed us what it's like when you're trying to make the working class angry at immigrants from taking their lunch. Okay. 
So an MMT party, unfortunately, would require a discipline above the the accounting. It would require that you know this because nobody's worth supporting when it comes politically if they don't understand the limits and power of fiat. If they're one of those bozos, oh, fiat currencies fail. You can't even listen to them anymore. You've got to put them off to the shelf. Thank you so much. Appreciate your help. Maybe later down the road, you can help us in some way, but you don't understand money. You don't understand the way this works. So no, you can't help on this. I mean, really, at the end of the day, you need people that understand money. You understand how monetary systems work, because even if you think we're going to somehow or another be a resource-based economy, or we're going to be a this, or we're going to be a that, we've got to deal with the rest of the world. Unless we've got a Trotsky world wide, you know, socialist takeover where we disband the state and we completely have total revolution around the world, blah, blah, blah. Unless something like that happens, you're going to have to live within the world. And the world is a monetary world. And where there's a monetary world, there's MMT. Where there's MMT, there's knowledge and there's a lens to assess and understand how to operate in that space. So I think it's important that we do have an MMT informed party that we have an MMT informed movement, but I'm a socialist. Okay. An MMT informed leftist. There are MMT informed centrists that love the stock market. We're not all created equal. We're not all focused on the same things. So MMT is a great understanding because if the left ever decided to stop saying dumb shit about the petrodollar and world reserve currency and started focusing instead on the power of fiat and how it works, even with a nation that has been cut off from the rest of the world. Look at Russia, for example. Okay. The ruble is a fiat currency. Okay. And they're still able to work because they know they've got the real resources in theater, in-house. And all currency really is, is a matter of distribution, of, of keeping check of things, of tracking things, to unit of measure. Instead, people, oh, oh it's gold, it's worth this. And that. shut up. That's not it. It's, a, it's just a unit of measure. It's a way of tallying debts. It's a way of understanding how you sanction and ration things within. It's a way of accounting. It's a way of keeping track of. It's a way of distributing things. And you could take a communist perspective, which I personally like to each one, you know, their need to each from each one, their own uh, talents. I mean, there's there's a more eloquent way of saying that. Unfortunately, I'm having a brain fart, but you get it. You can go out there and look it up. I think it's really important, really, really important at the end of the day for us to each one teach one, build this thing out and work together. And to resist supporting candidates that we know are neoliberal, that would establish, would be bootlickers for the establishment, would take us further. Like if we draw a line in the sand, say, this is where we are today. We are not moving one inch further to the right. We're only staying here or moving left. And if we didn't keep helping candidates that keep pushing us to the right, we'd stop normalizing these people and we'd stop seeing a lot of people support them. Okay. But we've got to find a way to build these parallel institutions, to organize and plan targeted strikes, and to really, really build an understanding of nonviolent direct action and a collective network of people using a proper media apparatus, a la thinking about Vladimir Ilyich Lenin and his treatise out to what is to be done. Take a look at it. 
read what is to be done. It's got a lot of jargon and it's a lot of stuff that's very specific to the time. But pay attention to his discussion on media and media discipline. Very important stuff, stuff that has really, truly made me think a little differently. Okay. So anyway, a lot of stuff there. There's more. We could talk about this for hours, but I hope what I talked about today provided you guys with a little bit of um, an understanding when I say resist and I say organize and I say mobilize what I'm talking about. And I am saying eventually you need to build a vanguard party, but it's got to have all these things at the base, at the core. It's got to understand what it's fighting for. And we've got libertarian strains pushing things that are bad economics, like the UBI. They don't understand it. They don't really get it. And so they just say things. But once you understand, it fundamentally changes how you view these things. It's not so much good, bad. It's so much as keep that private bullshit out. We're looking for collective solutions because we have a collective problem and we are the solution to that collective problem. Anyway, I really appreciate y'all joining me. I hope I didn't bore the piss out of you talking about this, but it's stuff that I take very seriously and stuff that I'm working through, reading crazy amounts of material, trying to synthesize and develop a, an understanding of how to go about doing this. And I know that I'm just one person. I need a lot of people. It's not about me. It's us, right? And so I'm hoping for those of you who hear the Real Progress and Action channel that you consider working with us in whatever fashion we can find a way to do. Um, I just know that modern monetary theory has to be a part of that. Otherwise, we'll, we'll be remaking the same neoliberal mistakes um, that every other group that had the right heart but the wrong ideas. So with that, I am Steve Grumbine, I am the Rogue Scholar, and I am out of here. If you enjoyed this podcast and would like to support our efforts, please take a moment to subscribe and check out our other work on the Real Progress in Action YouTube channel and visit our sister organization's website at realprogressives.org. 